Hey, welcome back. So I want to present uh, today's podcast in a way um, that doesn't sound as though I am pushing what you, what you might call uh, FOMO, fear of missing out, right? This idea that I'm going to be talking about silver and gold and inflation. And, and my intention here is not to, to give you the sense that this is an imminent, you need to buy yesterday, um, don't miss out, going to deep debt to buy or something like that. That's not really my intention of, of today's video. I do want to inform though. I do want to inform with today's podcast and, and, and talk about inflation in relation to precious metals, where we're at right now and why, yeah, I, I do think that there is a limited time, not only from a price perspective to get into precious metals, but also in terms of, of finding ways to protect yourself from inflation as a whole. Because I think it is, it's inaccurate to say that inflation is coming. I think inflation actually is already here. Um, many of us know this, that it's been here for a long time, but that this inflation is, it would appear to be speeding up more recently. And and really, you know, later on, I, I do want to talk about some of the, the driving force behind this in, in terms of government and central bank policy. But I want to start off with my, my best way to, to sort of express this inflation to you. And, and, and that is not going to be the official CPI number that the government recently um, released uh, posted uh, 1.7%, um, I think it was. I have the number here. 1.7% uh, year-over-year inflation according to the Consumer Price Index, a government number, which many, including myself, have covered this in the past. That the government has many reasons to understate inflation. First of all, it figures into things like like uh, social security uh, payments that that the government can save a massive amount of money uh, even if they just stayed it was 1.7% versus 1.8 or 2% right because the cost of living adjustment for programs like social security is going to be that much less because they are such massive pro programs and and the other part of it too is is that it, that it affects sentiment not only among markets and, and traders but not but but also among the broader population 1.7% sounds like a very manageable number, even if the the situation on the ground, situation among you and I and, and the vast majority of Americans is, is that it, it sure doesn't feel like 1.7%. It sure, certainly feels much, much higher than that. That's not the number I'm going to be giving you as, as evidence of, of what the real state of inflation is. Instead, let's look at some markets, some commodities which which have a huge role to play in inflation because of course most of what we buy in some way is related to commodities even services in many cases can be related to commodities but certainly uh, the, the car you drive the fuel you put in it the food you eat the food you buy from the store all of that is related to commodities whether it's food commodities or metals or oil etc so let's start off with iron ore Iron, iron ore, uh, this is uh, per tradingeconomics.com, currently is trading at roughly uh, $168.5 per ton. Um, to put that in perspective, that's the highest since, uh, let's see here, late 2011. Um, and that is up roughly, uh, roughly 100 from the beginning of 2020, or maybe a little over 100% appreciation the beginning of 2020 i'm not talking covid i'm not talking some some crash you know post covid i'm talking uh january of 2020 up over 100 percent 
that's iron ore. Uh, copper, copper is a great indicator of inflation um, and, and it has moved up significantly. Um, it was nearing $2 actually uh, back in May, uh, sorry, not May, probably more like April, March, April, May of 2020, right after the pandemic. But even prior to the pandemic, uh, we're talking copper, you know, over two and a half dollars per pound, between two and a half and three dollars per pound for quite a while. Uh, currently trading closer to four dollars a pound, right? Do the math on that. That's a very significant appreciation in the price of copper, which has a huge role in, in electronics and, and so many other aspects of construction and manufacturing. It's inflation. Um, oil, obviously, maybe the most important of all these commodities, of all these raw materials, has increased significantly. And I'm not, again, I'm not just talking from its lows in, in the spring and summer of 2020, but even just from October. We're talking back then, oil was in the mid to high 30s, currently trading, and this is WTI crude, uh, above $65 a barrel. Its highest level uh, since um, late 2018. Inflation, right? That that not only plays a role of in, in inflation, that higher commodity prices push push up prices of of goods and services, but it also is representative of one of two things: either um, some serious inflation uh, that that is quite literally causing the price of these commodities and raw materials and whatnot to rise, or else I think that can be part of it. And, and the other aspect of it is also a large amount of traders and investors that are expecting or already seeing inflation and thus trying to protect themselves by putting it into some sort of a physical asset. And of course, you also have a very similar story on, on, on uh, those that, that need these materials, uh, um, manufacturers, etc., that need copper for their products or need iron ore for their products. That also plays a role in this price appreciation as well. The expectation or witnessing of current inflation. Moving on, uh, corn. Um, again, talking about food here, food prices. Uh, corn is currently trading at its highest level since 2013, um, up over, you know, up over 20, 25% um, from, you know, the beginning of 2020. Uh, let's see, moving on, soybeans. Soybeans, similar story. Um, one of its highest levels you know, going back to the 80s, almost its highest level in terms of price, the highest level it's been since, again, late 2013. Um, and again, you know, in the case of soybeans, we're talking about uh, maybe closer to like a 40% um, price appreciation since the beginning of 2020. Uh, moving on to the next, uh, wheat, similar story. Uh, if you're looking long term for wheat, uh, wheat has been very expensive in the past, in <laughs> 2007s. Um, 2008, but still wheat is at its highest level since late 2013, early 2014. Similar story for gold and silver, though they've seen weakness in just past few months, uh, uh, past month or so, month and a half, gold and silver have seen some weakness. But again, if you're looking at gold, um, gold is still not that far from all-time highs. Earlier in um, 2020, in it, you know, it had top $2,000 an ounce, up around 2080 $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2. Um, That was back in August of 2020. And even more recently, in, in January of this year, it was, you know, over 1950. Um, in November, it was over 1950, currently trading at 1724. But still, if you're looking year over year, 
that's a huge move to the upside. If you look dating back to the beginning of 2020, so we can forget about the the, the significant dip, um, COVID pandemic related dip in March of 2020. If you look at the beginning of 2020, we're talking a price, um, you know, in the ballpark of 15 to 1600 dollars, right? And gold overall, I believe, is still in an upward trend. It hasn't broken, you know, any of these these trend lines to the upside. Um, still in a huge bull market that started. You know, probably we could argue probably back in September of 2018 when it was you know around 1200 under $1,200 an ounce. Huge inflation indicator. Similar story with silver. Um, again, silver has seen some weakness just in the past few you know month, month and a half or whatever. In the case of silver, silver has not seen as much weakness as gold. Um, silver currently trading just shy of $26 an ounce. But again, if you're talking relative to the beginning of 2020, Silver was under $20 an ounce at that point, closer to $18 an ounce at the beginning of 2020. This is the highest silver has been, you know, this more recent, you know, um, um, 20 plus dollar surge that we've seen in silver that, that really began in the summer of 2020. This is the highest silver has been um, since 20, uh, 2013, 2014. Let's see here. Yeah, probably late 2013, early 2014, right? Moving on. We also have the U.S. 10-year Treasury bond. This has been a huge story in the markets. Actually, today, as recording this, the U.S. 10-year is up uh, roughly 1%, 10 basis points, which is a huge move in Treasury. Uh, to put it in perspective, the U.S. 10-year was trading closer to or just above 50 basis points, 1.5%, currently trading uh, above 1.6%, a huge indicator of inflation. Potentially, I'm not saying that's the only thing, but obviously investors are going to sell treasuries if they expect inflation to run higher. Now, of course, 1.6% would still be negative in terms of real rates if we're saying CPI is 1.7 uh, and, and, and the treasury market is hugely manipulated by the, by central banks, by the Federal Reserve, because they, they introduce so much demand into the, it, it's hardly a fair market or a free market at all. But even in that, situation you still have rising rates even just in the past few days past week or two rates continue to rise significantly which is a problem for the government in terms of borrowing costs a problem in terms of of the economy and the stock market because they are so reliant on ultra low interest rates and and u.s um, bond yields especially bond yields like the 10-year play a huge role in in interest rates another thing you know, story for, for, for those that, that may not see the inflation around them or, or, or question whether or not this inflation is actually, you know, exists. If you look at CPI um, for new vehicles, this is something that actually, this is all the way back from November of 2020 from Wolf Street, uh, written by a guy by the name of Wolf Ritter. I believe that this article was written by him, yes, November 11, 2020. I'm talking about new car prices. And in this case, what he uses as the... Uh, Ford F-150 XLT, the Camry LE, and the CPI for new vehicles as sort of the benchmark because those two vehicles have been so ubiquitous in, in the U.S. market. For so you can have data for this going back to 1991. And in fact, what it shows is that, you know, since 1991, the price of an F-150 XLT uh, has risen approximately 170%. This is, this is obviously evident for anybody that's ever been in the market for a, for a pickup truck. Pickup trucks are extremely expensive. Um, for for 2021 model, uh, this was roughly 35,000. 
which is cheap for, for a pickup truck, right? A lot of people um, are, are buying pickup trucks with, with all the options and whatnot, you know, north of 50, 60, 70, $80,000, right? Uh, but, but even just the XLT, which is more of the base model, 170% appreciation. The Camry LE from Toyota, not quite as much, but still since 1991, 69, 68%, somewhere in that ballpark, just shy of 70%. The CPI for new vehicles, on the other hand, uh, put out by the government, um, records a, a price increase of roughly 21% in that same time period. That, that new vehicles cost roughly 21%. And the way they justify this is, is a lot of, you know, we can call them shenanigans, uh, um, substituting um, or, or taking into account improvements, improvements that maybe we should all expect in cars as manufacturing and, and as safety improves, technology improves, improvements like, you know, uh, um, power windows, uh, which are, are more or less standard these days, uh, improved safety, you know, improvements in, 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 in um, you know, the car's interior, power seats, uh, you know, the radios, all of that, these things that you can sort of expect, almost like a new phone, right? Uh, um, phones or laptops or whatever, it's almost an expectation that they're going to cost roughly, you know, year over year, you know, roughly the same amount, maybe more, maybe less, but that each year the technology should be, you know, at least incrementally better than the year prior. The same is true for cars in terms of features in the inside or engines or suspension or safety. And, and you know, the government uh, has a model for that to, to account for that in value. And so what it shows is that basically car costs are, are almost flat in the last 20 years. Barely increase at all, which of course is not, it doesn't at all correspond with reality, right? In the last 30 years, they're saying about a 21% increase. Just doesn't correspond with reality. And that's that's the problem here. I don't, I don't want to too much into the CPI number or too much into consumer price index and, and um, what it does or doesn't signify. What it doesn't signify is true inflation. It's a, it's a government model um, that that doesn't have it doesn't take into account you know actual prices. It instead can use things like substitutions and accounting for changes in in products and whatnot to understate inflation significantly. And it also you know includes a lot of things that have gotten cheaper over time because of changes in technology. I'm talking about things like like technology, uh, um, um, tech uh, products, laptops, computers, phones, TVs. As a whole, they are a lot cheaper than they were 20 years ago, 30 years ago. I mean, think about the, the, the device that you're listening to this on today. Uh, it is head and shoulders above anything you could buy, most likely anything you could buy 10, 20 years ago. Um, but the price, might be less because you know there's economy of scale and improved production techniques and so you know you have improvements like that and and they can use that to bring down the overall inflation number even though you know, overall inflation continues to rise the dollars purchasing power continues to to um, shrink year over year so that's a lot that's a lot of what i'm talking about here in terms of of where we're at right now in terms of inflation and why I don't think inflation's coming. It's already here. I don't know when it's, you know, it's, it's obviously coming. It's going to be much worse in the future. But we have this interesting situation where for, for over 10 years now, dating back to the Great Recession, central banks um, have, have created an enormous amount of inflation um, through, through quantitative easing, through 0% interest rate policy or low interest rate or negative interest rate policy. 
and it has largely resulted in inflation in assets, houses, stocks, bonds, etc. You know, everything but silver and gold, it seems like some some years. Uh, but but now we, we have an enormous amount of fiscal stimulus as well. So that's monetary stimulus, the central bank, which I believe does lead to inflation and it has led to inflation that has been drastically understated, um, does lead to an inflation in, in consumer prices. I, I would reference um, John Williams and his website, Shadow Stats, uh, where, where he actually really uh, goes at the, the heart of this, I you know this this flawed CPI number as well as the PCE number another measure of, of inflation that the, that the government uses, and he basically says well, what 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 does inflation look like if you take away all the adjustments that have been made over the past um, you know past thirty years right and so he can take the 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 CPI what it is today and and reference that compared to the same model that they used back in nineteen eighty an unchanged model and it shows inflation currently running just shy of 10%, which might be more in line with what you and I might experience in terms of inflation for things like uh, car prices, rent, uh, price of, of housing, um, utilities, uh, insurance, um, other services, uh, as well as food and, and other you know clothing, etc. So so you have this 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 disconnect here um, between uh, between what is actual inflation and, and what the government states inflation uh, to be. But that's only going to get worse because, as I said, this monetary policy has, has only continued. Um, 2020 was an insane year for monetary policy from central banks, including the Federal Reserve. Uh, but fiscal policy, fiscal policy, you know, it, it was expected that there would be a fair bit of deflation in the midst of a pandemic that would be expected. Um, the U.S. government certainly countered that in 2020 with a massive amount of, of spending, including you know direct payments to Americans, something that hadn't had happened since the Great Recession, uh, and in 2020 happened um, you know twice basically. We we had once early on, and then again with with Trump, and I believe that was I believe that was um, in late 2020. I forget the exact timing on that. And then already in 2021, shortly after Biden takes office, we have a $1.9 trillion spending program. Fiscal policy is hugely inflationary, just like, just like monetary policy is hugely inflationary for asset prices because it lowers rates and because it creates this artificial demand for debt, which, which allows not only debt, but also stocks and, and commercial real estate, residential real estate, et cetera, to appreciate in price. Uh, just like that, that occurs, on the fiscal policy side, spending from the U.S. government, that the same thing occurs in uh, consumer prices. The same thing will occur in terms of uh, cost of of you know whatever it is that that we tend to spend our money on. You know, like I already listed a lot of that. Things like rent, insurance. Um, now of course, rent is is partly related to to the price of of real estate, but but things like services, insurance. Um, Consume, you know, consumer goods like food, um, electronics, furniture, appliances, vehicles, clothing—the things that sort of make up our bottom line—hugely inflationary, right? And and this is part of why I'm talking about precious metals so much because inflation 
is a, in many ways, a monetary phenomenon, but but it's also a, a psychological, uh, psychological process as well. So you can inflate the monetary supply, but that won't necessarily lead to an appreciation in in prices of consumer goods. Um, part of that is related to things like velocity of money. You know, a lot of economics comes down to psychology and individual choices. And inflation in the past, when you've seen it in the past, whether it's U.S. in the 1970s uh, or, or more extreme examples, um, places like Germany in the 19, early 1920s, uh, Zimbabwe, Venezuela, etc. Inflation, once it begins to, to increase significantly, uh, it it's not something that slows down easily. In, in the case in the 1970s and 1980s, uh, this, the, the Fed had to raise interest rates to a ridiculous level in order to try and curb that interest rate. They're not going to do that this time around. There's simply too much debt in the system. The entire system would fall apart. I mean, look at the U.S. 10-year today, 1.6%, and, and that alone is a pretty high rate given the amount of debt we have in the economy. That That's just not happening. And, and the crazy thing is, is that the Fed for a while now had they've been shooting for two percent inflation? Now, if I remember correctly, they may use PCE versus CPI. Uh, I, I forget, I forget. But regardless, you know, similar similar number, um, and it's not even at two percent in the case of CPI. They're shooting for two percent, right? It, it, they're looking for more inflation than what we already have, and and of course, uh, Jerome Powell and others have made comments in the past that. You know, if we go, if we go above two percent, that's not the worst thing in the world because we've been under two percent for so long. And, and maybe if we target two and a half, three percent, can can you imagine the CPI at three percent? What that would look like on the ground? If this is what inflation looks like for you and I when CPI is one point seven percent, what does it look like when it's three point four percent? So this is something to consider, right? N- never mind just precious metals and silver and gold. Yes, I think they are going to benefit from this hugely because of not only expectations, but also witnessed inflation, inflation that people are experiencing. Never mind that though, never mind um, um, other commodities, uh, uh, silver and gold mining stocks, uh, price of oil, price of gas, things like that. Uh, how about how about society? What happens to society when this happens? What happens to uh, people's psyche when, when all of a sudden, the, the government that they trusted for so long, the government that handed out money, uh, free money, you know, quote unquote free money, suddenly is leading to a situation where where inflation, even if the government won't state it to be the case, is entirely out of control. How does that affect? Um, how does that affect people's behavior? I can tell you something. Like I said, inflation is a psychological process that occurs as inflation continues to rise. People expect more inflation and act accordingly. They expect more inflation, and and that is really what drives this higher and higher rate of inflation, this higher velocity of money. Because if you look at an item, let's say, it could be anything, right? Um, let's say a TV. If you expect that TV to cost 10%, 10% more in, in six months, you know, which would be roughly a 20%. You know, year over year inflation, maybe more if, if you do the math on it. Uh, if we're doing ten percent every six months, then then it would make sense to spend that paycheck or spend that money on it now. 
And, and that would apply to a lot of things. That would apply to a new car. That would apply to a new house. It would apply to a lot of things, even things that, that a lot of people sort of buy on a as-needed basis, things like food and, and fuel. Right? Even those things can continue to rise, especially if you have the same phenomenon occurring in financial markets. If people are bidding up wheat futures or oil futures or precious metals because of the expectation of more and more inflation in the future. And you have this rising, spiraling uh, um, process that once it begins is very difficult to break. And as I said, I think the Fed is going to be entirely unwilling to. I think they're going to be well, well behind the curve on this because they're looking for more inflation still, despite what, what so many Americans are, are actually experiencing. And a $1,400, you know, this is how I, you know, sometimes explain it to people, is a $1,400, you know, bailout check uh, or, or stimulus check, you know, per person, which is what just was recently signed by Biden. Um, sure, I mean... I'm not going to be the person to say, no, I don't want this, you know, give it back to the government or anything like that. Um, but, but I think we have to understand that that, that $1,400, as well as the rest of the stimulus bill, um, it, it wasn't paid for by debt. It's going to be paid for by tax. And I'm not talking about a tax that's going to be taken out of our paycheck or capital gains or from the rich or anything like that. Um, it's going to be a, a paycheck that affects everybody, but particularly the lower and the middle class, because I'm talking about a tax, a hidden, silent, insidious tax called inflation. The entire topic of this video, right? So, so I mean, let's think this out for a second. How much does $1,400 mean to you? You know, compare that to your yearly income or your yearly expenses. Okay, so do the math here. Let's say $50,000 Let's say, let's say that's your income, that's, a, that's your expenses for the year. Okay, $50,000. What happens if you have 10% inflation on that $50,000? That's $5,000 additional expenses that you still have to pay for if you want to maintain your current standard of living or your current things that you purchase. That well outpaces the $1,400 stimulus, right? That's, that's, you know, that's like th almost four people almost four stimulus checks, right? Um, and, and, and that's what fiscal spending and that's what, what reckless monetary and fiscal policy does to the dollar and to, to any currency. So prepare for that accordingly, right? Prepare, again, inflation's already here, but, but expect more in the future. Expect more, even if the government won't, won't state it to be the case, expect more for, for the services you pay for, the goods, the food, the, the vehicles, housing, etc. As always, though, I'd like to thank every one of you from the bottom of my heart for tuning into today's uh, podcast. And God bless.